to another episode of Paranormal, The New Normal. I am your host as always, Jeremy, here trying to make the world seem a little more normal. And tonight, will we accomplish that? Possibly. It's very possible. But first things first, my guest, as always, to do that tonight is Mary Kay Savarese, who is a author and paranormal experiencer. So, Mary, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for asking. How are you? Can't complain. Good. It's It's been a decent day. But, and the first question is all my listeners know that I ask everybody on this show is what did you get into the, what made you get into the paranormal slash spiritual world? The experience. The, I experienced something a couple of decades ago. And at the time I experienced it, I remember everything clearly to this day, everything I wore, everything I did. But at the time it happened, after it happened, Jeremy, I just like, I looked around, I stood up and I said, don't speak a word to anybody about this. I didn't say anything to my husband, didn't say anything to family or to my friends. And the reason I did not back then is they would have thought I was crazy. But now I speak about it. I think about it. I'm not obsessed with it, but I can look back and I can visualize my experience. And I I enjoy speaking about it today. I'm not afraid. Back then I was afraid. Well, that kind of leads us to my second question I always ask everybody. What was your... Have you had any paranormal experiences? Um, you know what? Nothing like this ha- have I ever experienced again. Maybe something minor, minor, but not nothing like I experienced this at this point in my life. Well, why don't you go ahead and tell the audience about that experience? I would love to, Jeremy. So several decades ago, uh, my husband and I purchased a home in Westford, Massachusetts. Now, Westford, Massachusetts is a small, at that time, was a small um, farming community. They had a lot of apple orchards, about 40, 45 minutes out of Boston, Boston, Massachusetts. And this home was an 1820 farmhouse. It had an attached barn to the main house and it was beautiful. It rested on four acres, very historical, right on Main Street. I fell in love with it. And the time that we had purchased it, I shortly became pregnant and it was fall of that year. And it was probably maybe four or five months after we purchased our home. And unfortunately, it was my first pregnancy and I had miscarried. So it was a very, and just my husband and I lived in this home. And it's, I was very depressed at that point in my life. I was sad. I was working full time. So um, I 
you know, my intent, our intent was, you know, we're going to try again for a family. So winter comes along and it was early winter. It was January into February. So it was the end of January. And if anybody knows Massachusetts and Northern Massachusetts, it is cold and snowy. Well, just to interrupt you, just so you know, yeah, I actually currently live in Gardner, Massachusetts. Oh my gosh, Massachusetts is a wonderful state. I know where that is. I was so sorry <laughs> to leave Westford, Mass, but we have because of employment back then. Yes. Yeah, I've I've worked before in Westford, Massachusetts, in some of the grocery stores, so I I know the area. Okay, now Massachusetts was um, or. Uh, um, apple farms um, when I lived there. And since then they've sold off all the farms and they built the, you know, they built communities. So it's changed a lot, but okay. So we are now, um, this home was built in 1820. Now I had found myself um, pregnant again. So this was late January and we were blessed again. But I, Jeremy, I was so fearful about losing this baby at this point in my life. So I was heading off to work. It was very early in the morning. And I usually come out from the side of the house that had the attached barn. For some reason, I was in the main part of the house and I walked out that door and I stepped on this um, uneven path. It was covered with snow. Little did I realize underneath what looked perfectly fine was uh, sheets of ice. So I remember exactly what I wore. I stepped out of the house. I was wearing boots with a small heel. I was wearing a long navy blue coat, a scarf. I was carrying a work bag. And it wasn't even, I shouldn't even say work bag. It was a pretty, it was a small bag at that time that I considered to be a work bag. So I'm making my way toward the, um, the garage was not a place where I could walk into the house. So basically I would, uh, I chose to take this path. Normally I took a different path. It would take me down to the garage. So I am walking and I am almost near the end of this jagged path with stairs that would then lead down, lead down to the driveway. And I start to lose my balance. So at this point in my head, what happened was your mind is racing. Now, I can tell you, Jeremy, what happened to me has never happened to me ever again. As I started to fall, now I have to tell you, to the right of me was Main Street, but I had these forsythia bushes. Nothing was on them, but you couldn't see me from the road and I could hear cars. So as I started to fall, I literally went into silence. Everything around me was silence. And as I started to fall, I was my I was able to put my hands out and it was as if I was my body was leveled to the ground and 
I was able to have enough time to place my hands on the ground to um, balance myself and then to stand up. And once I stood up, I heard all the natural noise that was around me. So it was the most incredible experience I have ever had. And as I said, I stood up and I looked around and you start to think, okay, what just happened? Is there something wrong with me? I was not blacked out. I didn't hit my head. I had enough time that I was literally floating inches above this snow covered ice. And I had enough time to just put my hands out. My Then my feet touched the ground. I was able to stand up and I walked away. <laughs> I just, I never told anybody. But I, I thought people would think I was crazy. Now, it was an 1820 house. I've never experienced, we lived there for about three years. I never experienced anything strange with this house, anything spooky. And I wonder, was it a guardian angel? Was it a benevolent spirit that lived in this farmhouse and just knew the vibes that I felt and, and like... Um, the danger and like, you know, I wanted to have this child and I feared anything happening to lose it in my life again. So it was an incredible experience. And was I afraid at the time? Yeah, I was afraid. I was afraid of what just happened because um, I knew in my head, I knew I experienced something supernatural. Was it good? Was it bad? I, I just tried to put it behind me. And um, I do. It's it's influenced my life going forward in that I have no fear to this day to speak about it. I use it. In, I write fiction and I write fantasy genre and time travel. I have no fear in writing about anything outside of this world. Well, that experience itself is miraculous like why am i hearing an echo but that's weird but that, that experience itself is miraculous like that's just insane like it i would almost imagine it would have to be a guardian angel of sorts i mean a spirit yeah. maybe but I, I never i never really heard of spirits saving people like that i mean <laughs> unless all the times we think it's a guardian we think it's a guardian angel it really is a spirit who knows i mean that's the kind of stuff that we'll never know until many years down the right. road. But still, that's just miraculous. And my God, I would, <laughs> if that my wife, I would have been calling the paper like, what the heck was that? But <laughs> Oh, and, and Jeremy, I never told my husband. It's only been the last couple of years. And I do love to go on podcasts as yourself and talk about it because people do experience it. And back then, like I said, it was a couple of decades ago, it, it would have been like a stigma against you. People would have looked at you like you're crazy. Like, what are yeah. you talking about? And believe me, I've fallen again carrying children and boom, there was nothing that saved me. Are you kidding me? I got, you know, my knees were skinned. <laughs> I, had, I had bloody hands and I was only bracing myself dealing with the injuries. Yeah. Which I mean, yeah, twenty years ago, that paranormal wasn't wasn't then what it is now. Now there, it's a lot more 
public and prevalent than it was back yes. then. But hence the name of the show, Paranormal the New Normal. But yeah. uh, and so I'm assuming that the pregnancy worked out for you and you were able to find the family you wanted. Yes, everything worked out beautifully going forward. I ended up having three children. So um, everything worked out great. Lovely. Which, so, and uh, it's Westford on Main Street. I swear to God, I must, I probably have driven by the house because I can remember now it's Westford. I used to go work in yes. the um, Market Basket and the Whole Foods in Westford. Yes, Market Basket. Oh, it's such, it was, it was a beautiful town. I, we were sorry to leave. It had to do with the employment at the time. Yeah, and, um, but it is a beautiful town. And again, it's a historical town. And what you had on Main Street, those were all the older homes. Those were homes that were, boy, 150, over 200 years old, if not older, which is what you find in Massachusetts quite a bit. So um, yeah, there could always be a spirit there somewhere. Well, as someone who lives in a house built in the 60s, who has the spirit of the original builder of the house living in his house still, I 100% agree. So, but in the, yeah, I got lucky. 1960s. I know people who own 1,800 houses, and they say it's nothing but work having to renovate everything when it starts yeah. breaking down. <laughs> but yeah, so. and, and I have to tell you, Jeremy, I didn't see anything. Like as I said, um, I was in. It was like time. The only way I could describe it is time stood still. Everything went quiet. I heard nothing except the noise in my head. So that was another that I mean, invaluable experience that took place with this um, supernatural event in my life. Which I mean, that's also been told before with stories of uh, angel interactions is that mm-hmm. everything goes silent because you're they're moving you they're they're slowing you down or moving you faster than the speed of time. So they and are... that's exactly what they did. I was slowed down. Time slowed. It stopped. Wow! I just draw dropped by that story. Really, am <laughs> Re- reading it and hearing it are two different things. Because even when I when I read it, I was amazed. But hearing it is jaw dropped. So I am truly well. One blessed that nothing happened to you. But and two just awed by that story but you became an author after after yes. that how did that how did that help influence you to become an author it wasn't right after that it was always something that was on the back burner and finally as i became an empty nester and i had that time to myself where i was able to work on a passion i'm in overnight success, a 10-year overnight success. My goal was to be traditionally published. So 10 years ago, a little bit over that now, um, we didn't have the self-publishing that is available to authors today. It was kind of taboo back then. So I would submit one um, manuscript after another, and finally a small publishing house was interested. But within my writings, I have no issues um, trying to, and I write fantasy, so I have to make up worlds. So I, I don't know what heaven's like. I don't know what hell's like. I don't want to know what hell is like, but I try to make up a fantasy world within my writing and like the time travel. So all your life experiences are used 
And um, as I said, going forward, um, it gives me a warm feeling to think about that day. And I don't fear writing about something like that. Like I honestly, Jeremy, I would, I stay away. I would stay away from something like with the deep, deep evil in my writing because I don't want to, but I'll like, as I say, I will, I will, I'll just go up there right to the door, but um, I wouldn't enter anything that was so, so evil, but just thinking about other things in the supernatural, um, I feel comfortable now going forward. Well, let's talk about these books because I, but first things first, I heard you say something about time travel. Yep. Well, I love to, I am known as an author. I'm a traditionally published award winning. Um, I love my genre is fantasy. My first novel was a mystery romance intertwined with the supernatural. So the first book that was accepted by the small publishing house took into account supernatural. And what I mean by the supernatural is the reader was able to see, but the protagonist was not able to see that. So that became part of the writing. And I love to, I am known for my quirky titles. So that book is titled Tiger's Love, Bubble Bats, and Obsession Perfume. Who knew? And that won eight awards. And, oh, I've seen that in stores. Yep. And um, so that was fun. That was very much fun. And I have a wonderful story I'd love to share with your audience. My titles come from the events in my life. I don't have anything yet that says I fell and uh, some guardian protected me. I don't have anything in a title like that yet. But the tigers love bubble bats and obsession perfume. Who knew? It's fiction. But it's true. Several years ago, I visited a wildlife reserve in St. Augustine, Florida. And the end of the tour... I was looking at this 15 foot wide vat, five feet high, overflowing with bubbles. And I stood in front of this very thin cage and on a ladder was the wildlife handler. And I said, okay, what's going on? So I watch this beautiful 600 pound tiger walk across the plank, looks as though he's taking off a robe, slips into this vat of bubbles, and the wildlife handler um, sprays um, obsession perfume on his tongue because it is a calming agent for tigers. They love obsession perfume. And I said to myself, that is the store, that is the title of my next novel. And I wrote a mystery romance intertwined with the supernatural with that title. Love it, one, because orange and black have been my favorite colors since I was a kid because of tigers. <laughs> I I absolutely, that was my favorite animal as a kid that my, my favorite proven to exist animal as a child was always tigers. I Anytime I went to a zoo, that's why I had to go see. Like I pushed my parents yeah. to go see the tigers. Oh, you might, you might you might say it's because of Calvin and Hobbes, but I don't know. <laughs> Such beautiful creatures. Now, um, 
since that book was written, so many interesting things have happened regarding tigers, right? You have the, um, the whole situation with Tiger King that during COVID just exploded. So now yeah. you heard more about tigers. And what that led to was, um, see, people, you know, this reserve that I visited was an old and still is an old folks home for big cats, lions, tigers, jaguars, and like, you know, tigers and these animals, um, these big cats, they can come from movie sets, um, cable shows, even people had tigers as pets, and yeah. they can't deal with them. So they are brought Thank goodness they have this wildlife reserve you can bring these animals to and they are taken care of. But they and that became very much the um, metaphor for ti my uh, my book, my novel, Tigers Love Bubble Bats and Obsession Perfume. Who knew? Because these these big cats are tossed aside like an old, an old shoe. And so was my protagonist, Angie Pantera. She was tossed aside like an old shoe after 20 years of marriage. And so that's why I stuck with the title. But as I was saying, these, what then went on was um, activists went to Congress and they passed a law that said, you can't have a tiger as a pet anymore. So a lot of good things did happen. So it was just so interesting. People always love the title of the book. They find it very fascinating and tigers are fascinating. And it's true. They love bubble bats. They can be in bubble bats for, I mean, hours and hours on end. And the obsession perfume, wildlife handlers in the wild, they'll spray it on rocks and the tigers will come to it and it relaxes them. Interesting. I wonder if it would work on my dogs, but. <laughs> but you can try. <laughs> I'll try. I mean, we. They, they, if you give them a, if you. If you blow smoke in their face from a certain other uh, plant, it kind of yeah. does calm them down a little <laughs> bit. So, but interesting. And so, what kind of mystery book is this? Uh, what is it a super? Is it like a supernatural mystery or? A, yes. A if you love, if your audience loves one murder after another, you will find this here in um, the Tigers Love Bubble Bats. And as I said the reader will see um, experiences the supernatural. My protagonist does not because it happens in the supernatural. So, so yeah, wow. you have to create a whole world um, around the mystery that is taking place and the murders. Interesting. And was this uh, big cat facility in Massachusetts, such as out of curiosity, or was it somewhere else? Oh, the big oh, this Saint Augustine, Florida. You yes, it was. Really? It's a wildlife reserve in Saint um, Augustine, Florida, that I had oh. visited several years ago. It's the like most incredible thing. You can go on the internet and just Google tiger. I mean, my book will come up, but tigers will come up in actual bubble baths, and they they just love it. They're covered in bubbles. Yeah, which is. 
I think I've seen, I mean, I mean, I think I've seen TikTok videos yeah. of that before. I and, and I have to tell you something so cute. So um, this past um, Christmas, the um, Milwaukee County Zoo had a wish list for their tigers, Cash and Tula. And the tigers wanted bubble bath and obsession perfume. So I obliged them. I mailed it to them. And I got back beautiful notes from the zoo that they absolutely loved their bubble baths and obsession perfume. But I that just warmed my heart, Jeremy. That you know they they the tigers act like just what, what's so amazing is you take this jungle creature that acts so human in a bubble bath. It's amazing to see. It, it sounds amazing, and as a big cat lover, I would definitely have to check that yeah. out next time down south. I've been to St. Augustine. I don't. I feel like I did go to some kind of small yes, zoo there, and, but yep. It, but it is St. Augustine Wildlife Reserve. I, I think I did go there when I was a kid, if I'm not mistaken, or a teenager. Yeah. But maybe it's it's entirely possible. I just right. don't remember. Fully. And 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 now it houses the big cats. It has the old lions, tigers, jaguars, cougars. Um, any big cat they will house. And it's funny with the lions, they will throw them frozen turkeys like a lollipop. And that's another <laughs> incredible thing to watch is a lion sucking on a frozen turkey. <laughs> that would be cute to see. Yeah. And, um, and then Jeremy, I went on to, um, I had an idea for a trilogy. And the trilogy was a different genre. I went from the murder mystery because I love the genre of fantasy adventure. Because to me, fantasy, I mean, life is too real. So I love to write in the genre of fantasy. And there I had to develop. So the, the first book of the trilogy, again, as I told you, I work with quirky titles. It's titled The Girl in the Toile Wallpaper. As you can see behind me, The Girl in the Toile Wallpaper. Now, people know toile. It's an everyday item. It's, um, it's fabric. It's wall covering but it tells a story. It's very dynamic. It's usually two tones, two very bright colors. And if you can see behind me, and I'll also hold up something, it can be anything, contemporary, old fashioned. It's, it tells a story of, and I saw, I love toile wallpaper. So I had this in my home and I saw betrayal, I saw love, I saw time travel, I saw adventure, and um, I wrote around that, so. And as Rob said, life is way too real, yes. well said, Mary. <laughs> and hello, Allison, thank you for watching. Hello. Which, and it's actually funny that you said that everybody knows what 12 is. I never heard the word till today, so. Right? Right. You you know exactly what it is, but you don't hear it as twall. And sometimes when I'm um, interviewed on a podcast, the interviewer will be cute and funny. They'll say the girl in the toilet wallpaper. So. I honestly thought it's what it said. <laughs> but when I read it, I honestly thought it's what it said. But, yeah. um, so uh. that, that, Jeremy, is the first book in the trilogy. The second book is still being edited, and it will be published. I'm with a new publishing house. It'll be published... <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me just get a drink of water. Of course. Sorry about that. 
that'll be published in early spring. And um, the second book in the trilogy is going to be, it's, it pulls out a theme from the first book. The third book in the trilogy will bring you back to some of the major characters. And I've had to create a supernatural world around the second. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done. Hmm. Interesting. And yes, I, I agree. I'm a lover of fantasy adventure too, as a as a huge Star Wars and Marvel fan, obviously. Yes. Because I, I mean, escaping reality is just one of the best things it's about movies. <laughs> and as much as I love a good uh, based on real life movie like Ali or uh, King Richard, or just to name a couple Will Smith ones I saw lately, but besides 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 movies like that, which I like, but they still they don't let you escape from reality. You're still hearing about reality's messy problems instead of going off in a world where nothing could ever, none of it could ever come true. And that's the great part because it's just, or even if elements of it could come true, like it's still the fact that most of it is just pure fiction and it's just, yep. it's, it's escapism. That's what it is. It's love. Yes. Yep. And we need to escape from real life. So that's what I love to do is to give people adventures. And my books are easy reads. I am fiction. They've the, um, the Tigers book has won eight awards. It's been a bestseller on Amazon. The Girl in the Twelve Wallpaper has just recently th won three awards. The New York City Big Book Award and um, Royal Dragonfly for fantasy and um, young adult. But it's for young adult and older. And um, I'm just thrilled and I'm humbled with that. And... Um, it, it, it's just a wonderful escape. As I said, real life is too real and we need an easy read, you know, to just escape from, from what we deal with every day. Yeah. One, one of my first guests on the show was, is an author and she, Brandy Alexander, and she wrote a, it's a supernatural religious uh, mm -hmm. book about a boy who can see ghosts, including his dead brother. Okay. And basically, and basically, his ghost help him become a detective, and they basically end up involved in a middle of a war of demons trying to take over Earth for de for the devil, of course. So, I mean, it's a, it's a. I, I actually read the whole book because I had surgery at the same time, and I had time to read actually, and I read the whole book before the interview. I was, you could tell in the interview how excited I was about asking the questions I had to ask about it. Sure. It was just mind blowing, yeah. but. It remind me, it's a it's a good it's a good like young adult type book. Yes, Same. and I, it, it just was very enjoyable. But so I'm a, I mean I'm a big fan of those. But can you delve a little more into the girl with the twelve wall uh, uh, twelve wallpaper? Like yes, what like what are they like? What basically is like? I don't want you to give too much away because people need to read it. But what is like the very loose description of like the storyline. Um, yes. And basically what it is, is loyalty to family and um, a betrayal. And so basically um, I start you out in the contemporary, but the girl in the twelve wallpaper was placed into the twelve wallpaper because of her heart. She wanted to love who she wanted to love. But, um, and I take you back to um, a time in Italy and there are times that, you know, it's true today where arranged marriages, but the girl in the toile wallpaper wanted what her heart wants. Well, others don't. So she's placed into the toile wallpaper 
by um, <clears throat> an evil nobleman who requests this wizard to. So it, it's it takes you on a nice adventure, and um, it really throws you out back. So it takes you from the contemporary back in time and throws you back out into the contemporary, where our little issue is trying to be solved. How to get the girl out of the twelve wallpaper? <laughs> interesting, interesting. That definitely throws a little more in there, especially the fact that you said wizard. So I yes, mean, <laughs> any book with yes, a wizard is always again, good. It it goes under the category of science fiction. It has time travel in it and the fantasy. So it's a different genre, but it's a fun genre because it is an escapism, basically. Yes, and our. Are those your only two, uh, two books written so far, or do you have? Yes, any? those are the two. The second in the trilogy will be published early spring, and then they, um, and then the following year, the third book in the trilogy, uh, which will bring you more back, which will bring you to some of the major um, characters in the first book, the girl in the twelve wallpaper. And there's no sequel to the tigers um, <laughs> and loves bubble baths and obsession perfume. That stands and, and, on its own. Well, if it if, if a book stands on its own, it stands on its own. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. But let me ask you this, because you kind of, you did mention Tiger King, and then we kind of just didn't yes. go into that. What do you think about Tiger King and how it affects the way that people see those who take care of tigers? Another big guy. Yeah, he, you know what? It's either you love Tiger King or people hate Tiger King. And that's what I experienced. Um, I mean, there, it, he had a whole world going around outside of those tigers and everything. But as I said, it brought to, um, to our nation, it brought to everybody the fact that tigers can you imagine having a tiger as a pet and people had them as pets um, in the united states and around the world and what did they do i mean these tigers you know tried to attack these people so they had to get rid of the tiger so that's where in the united states congress had stepped in activists uh, were very much in favor of it and it did pass that you can no longer have a tiger as a pet but mike tyson has a lot of tigers i understand as pets and he sleeps with them and he loves them oh he does and i yes i've seen videos of it he's he's adorable yes. with his tigers but uh, but I mean, yeah, and I mean, yeah, who wouldn't want to? I mean, I can't imagine owning a tiger. I mean, I own two mastiffs, so it's kind of yes. close in size. It's close in size, but I, I mean, tigers, I always wanted to own one since I was a kid. I know it's a dumb idea to want to own one, and I never would because I, I mean, they're wild animals. They, unless they're, unless they're, you get them like right after they're born and you can really domesticate them, like, yep. then you're not going to be able to, like, tame them enough to live with them and not get attacked eventually i mean that's one pet you don't want to forget to feed for a day exactly <laughs> exactly and i mean wouldn't it be wonderful to take a bubble bath with the tiger but <laughs> who would do something like that i mean if i was mike tyson and i had yeah. a, a, a <laughs> big indoor hot, if i had a big indoor hot tub with bubbles then yeah, yeah. maybe <laughs> i would i would gladly do that that'd be fun yeah but, and I mean, tigers are the only um, big cats that 
do love water. Yeah, and Kobe. they love their bubbles. Oh yeah, I mean in the jungle where they live, they you you I've seen videos of them swimming down rivers and yeah. whatnot. I mean, you never see that with lions or no. maybe. I mean, I think maybe a jaguar or a leopard will once in a while, but not like they don't oh, look for no. it. Tigers love it. And they're um, um, in July, the end of July, I believe it's July 29th. There is an international Tigers Day around the world. So they are they are beautiful creatures that need they, to be protected. They do. because I mean, it's a freaking travesty that they've been hunted almost to extinction. I mean, yes. it's getting better. It's getting better now, but they still there's still big game hunters out there that want it, do it. And yeah. it's just sad because I. I mean, I can't these these horrible human beings who shoot these beautiful creatures. Yes. Let them live their lives in the nature. Let nature mm -hmm. take its course. Don't don't interrupt that with just just what to, to prove you're a tough man. Like that's what you think you're doing. Like you're not. You're proving you need to get led to something to shoot it. Like that's all you're proving. I mean, it's just uh, it's sad. I I can't stand it. I mean, I'm no I'm no PETA member or animal rights activist. Like it's just. I it disgusts me <laughs> to no end that people would do that too. I know. I mean, I love that. Very sad. Uh, I love that they made it illegal to harm animals, like when you own them as pets. I love that's a felony now. That to me is the greatest thing to ever happen because yep. I'm so sick of hearing these stories of dogs getting and cats getting beaten and neglected. It's just horrible, mm. horrible. But so any any idea where you want to go after the trilogy with your books? Like any ideas for uh, subject matter you want to? Oh yes. I plan to stay within the fantasy adventure genre, and um, I have a gazillion ideas that I don't think are are out there. I mean, you you know, you twist and you do everything else, but for me, it's a passion. It's um, you know, I say to people, if you have a passion, it doesn't have to be writing; it can be anything. And you know, it's a passion when you can't wait to get out of bed and do it. Never give up on your passion because there's a million people out there that'll say, hey, pff, what do you know? You're no good. But if it's truly something in your soul and your heart and you live it, stick with it. As I said, it took me 10 years. My goal was to be traditionally published. And it took me over 10 years before my first book was pub traditionally published. Yeah. I mean, uh, to be an author is a long, arduous task sometimes because there's so many of them out there that it's hard to get something to publish. Yeah. And it's a different world today because um, they have opened up different avenues for authors. So before you never even had a chance of getting published. So nowadays it is truly wonderful that you're able to self-publish and it's a whole different level. It's no longer taboo. And um, there's so many brilliant people out there that it's wonderful to see. It is. I've, I've, a lot of the authors I've talked to on my show have are self-published and it's a very, I mean, I, I can't say I'd want to be self-published because I feel like you get way more noticeability if you're published by a publishing house because then it's people who will work for you to promote your book instead of you having to do 100% of the legwork yourself. I mean, which yep. could, could be overbearing for anybody. 
Yeah. And and my books are everywhere. They're on Amazon. They're in Barnes and Noble, um, independent bookstores, which, you know, took a hit during COVID and many of them have closed, you know. But if my book's not on the shelf, they'll order it. It'll be in the next day. But I always try to um, support the independent bookstores. Um, they're, they're just so wonderful and warm. And they, you know, they love you to come in. And they offer so much to a community. And um, I have an author website. I'd love for your audience to come and visit me um, at www.marykesavares.com, marykesavares.com. Yes, which I will, of course, put that website right in the Thank description you. of the podcast so they can just click on it or copy and paste. But, yeah. and well, let me ask you this before we yes. wrap it up. Any possibility of writing a alien fiction book in the future? You never know. <laughs> I, I, to be honest with you, I probably not for me. But it within the supernatural, I am so comfortable in that world where I am. You know, my second book in this trilogy that is coming out, I've created worlds around the supernatural, um, you know, around heaven, around hell. So that's what I've created. So I'm very comfortable there. Aliens, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, so, I mean, some people, some people believe that the idea of heaven and hell are tied to aliens in ways because that's what really lives in there. It's just different, different, yeah. what's wrong? different beings that we don't yes. that we don't recognize as something we know and that exists. So we call them angels and demons, but could they just be extraterrestrials that we don't know exist? Highly possible. Sure. Anything's so I, possible, right, Jeremy? <laughs> oh, in this day and age, yeah. yes, anything is possible. The stories I've heard on this show will tell me that will tell you that. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> well, uh so why don't you give them your website one more time and anywhere else they can find anywhere else they can find you if they want to reach out, possibly another podcast or a lot of podcasters listen to my show. So oh, thank you so much. Yes, I um they can find my books under Mary Kay Savaris on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, any independent bookstore. And please visit me on my author website, www. M-A-R-Y-K-S-A-V-A-R-E-S-E.com. Mary Kay Savaries. Connect with me there. Well, I want to thank you for coming on, Mary. It's been an honor talking to you. And I definitely want to check out your books because they sound very intriguing to me. And I might add my growing collection. I kind of have a collection growing of people who have been in my podcast and their, their book. I have like a collection of their books, basically. And they're growing. I haven't had time to read any of them yet because of life. But <laughs> but but I, I do like to actually own physical books. And I mean, yeah, kind, I love Kindle. It's nice and easy way to read yes. books. But I like to actually hold the book in my hand once in a while. You that, know? That's so wonderful to hear you say that, that you love to hold a book because you're afraid that someday that may go away. Hopefully it won't. But again, and for me too, Jeremy, it's been an honor to be here with you. Well, let me just say, the only, the only way I see that day coming is if it's a zombie apocalypse. And on that chance, <laughs> I... I'll just go to a, I'll just go like hold up in a bookstore for a while. I'll be good. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yes, it's been an honor having you on. And I appreciate you coming on and to all my listeners, you know where to find me and I will see you in half a week.
please go check out Mary's books. I guarantee it'll be worth it. I will catch you all next. You can, of course, find me on Facebook as Jeremy Bryant or on Facebook as Paranormal New Normal slash Maniacal Music Musings podcast with the S Facebook group. You can find me on Twitter and the gram as that juggalo bastard. And you could find me, of course, on TikTok as that juggalo bastard podcast and on YouTube as Paranormal New Normal. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow us on everything we do if you're interested in seeing more. Patreon material coming soon.